Hi, welcome to NDE TV. I'm Peggy Robinson. Today's guest is Felice DiMartino. Did I say it right? Yeah. And she was hit by a truck. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so, you'd like to tell us your story? Sure. So, uh, on December 2nd of 2015, I was leaving a work. I had been um, a teacher, a preschool teacher in Montessori school, and I had been consulting and, you know, expanding upon my work. Um, I had been in that profession for 25 years, and it was time to to, to go bigger with it. And um, I was leaving work and it was late afternoon and I was walking to my car. My car was parked off campus. And as I was walking to the car, there, there's a busy intersection that I, that I have to cross the street. And I waited at the light and the light changed giving me as the pedestrian the the right of way and the car stopped and I proceeded to cross the street walk across the street and up from behind me uh, about when I was about three quarters of the way across the street a big pickup truck who had the right of way to go straight a pickup truck came up from behind and made a left-hand turn and hit me going about 30 miles an hour and propelled me 30 feet in the air, 30 feet from the crosswalk apparently. And I mean, as far as the air part, I, I saw where my body was later. Um, and that's what happened. So, so that's how I got hit by the truck. Um, and And lots of, there were lots of broken bones. There was internal bleeding. There was, um, my head was bleeding. And I, I can share what happened, you know, from there. Is that, yeah. So as I was, so I was crossing the street, the truck hit me and later on the memory of me whipping around my head and making eye contact over the, the uh, the hood of the car came to me, but that came later on as like the the more embodied memories came. I was above my body at some at the truck hit me. I looked out. I was above my body. I don't know whether I left right when the truck hit me or if I fell and then I left. So I left my body. I was looking down at the scene and there I was lying on my right side, sort of like a chalk drawing. And there were, I could see the whole scene below me. There were the, the, the woman who hit me, there was a man, there was another woman and I was looking down kind of with this bird's eye view and I could see and hear 
yet not with my sight or my hearing because I was out, like I my, my head was turned. So that was impossible, like in a, in a way, but I did see with a senses other than how we perceive sight and hearing. And I heard, and I saw, I heard what was going on and I saw the one of the women walk to stop the cars that were coming and it was kind of like an assessing the situation. And there was some disorientation until there was a sense of peace and calm that washed over me. There was a disorientation, but not a discomfort. There was more, like I said, there was more of an assessment. And I, it's, you know, I try to give words to the experience um, and then there was this comfort and this peace that washed over me and I was in a different place and it was pure um, expansiveness. It was pure blackness and it was as if I was floating yet being held almost like in a cocoon and as if there were other presences of other people in there as well it was like being in a cocoon and aware that there were others in that same cocoon as well and it was safe it was warm it was nurturing there was no fear there was just being and out of that place emerge there there was also a sense of um like this was a holding or this was a waiting or this was uh a certain um th that there was more that there was more that's all i i can say about that and then from that place there was this presence that emerged and i don't know whether it came from that place or where I, I went somewhere else there was this presence that emerged and this effulgent light presence and the, what I mean by that is the presence was this expansive loving um, emanating presence of pure light and a pure love, like this crystalline um, effulgence and emanation. And it was other than my own, yet it was connecting in with that uh, eternal part of me. And in that connection, that presence was there to uh, show me things and um, and and to to be there for any questions I, I may have had and um, it was like that it was like I understood everything that the presence was showing me my in my higher eternal self and it was so much information was shared at like the speed of light and there was timelessness there was no time there was 
it's like time stopped in our human knowing of time there was no linear time right so it could have been one minute of human time it could have been one year of human time like it was there was no human time to this and there was so much information it was it's like if you were to put your finger to another finger and know everything about that person and their experiences and what their experiences were for and and in your knowing I don't know if this makes sense but this is this is you know to give words to these experiences is um feels limiting sometimes because this this it's so out of the realm of what we know in our human bodies and I understood everything that was going on in my life at the time and I also knew and understood that I would be coming back and there was a sense of wanting to retain being aware of wanting to retain all of the information that was being shared with me and then there was an eagerness to get back and it, it, the eagerness was born out of it, it the knowing that I was coming back and then I was was at some point in my body and out of my body at the same time I could feel being in and out and again I was hearing this uh, yelping and this screaming and uh, from this physical form that was me yet I was also out and witnessing it and the sense the weighted density of the sense of being back in my body going back in my body felt super dense after hovering both in and out and I was in my body then and when I came back into being more embodied I was being taken out of an ambulance in the trauma unit at a hospital at the hospital um, and there was organized chaos and 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 they were trying to figure out where the blood was coming from in my head and, and all of that. So that's a bit about what happened. And you know, I have um, I have a traumatic brain injury, so a lot. Of, so sometimes the words take extra time to come out when I'm when I'm attempting to give it words, it's giving words to something that there's no language for really, and. I remember distinctly this presence other than my own that was also connected like there was a part of me that was connected in with this presence in union also it's like merging and then and then um, individuating almost as a as a individual right as a person I heard right before I came back into my body, I heard loud and clear, it's time to live big. Like when you go back, it was meaning when you go back, it's time to live big. That I heard loud as clear. When I was 
back in my body, I also heard all is truly well. And the hearing, like when it's distinctly another presence that you're hearing, you know it, right? Like there's a difference, there's a difference between knowing what your own higher self sounds like and what your, um, what that, what your soul voice sounds like with knowing and hearing another presence, right? Another being, another, there's a difference in, in knowing, in knowing that. And, and that's what happened for me. Um, and, you know, when I was out, I really, I, it was like seeing a flash before me, I guess, you know, as far as a, it, it, I wouldn't, I never called it a life review before, yet maybe that's what it was. I, I just, I knew that I understood the multi-dimensional layers of what was going on in my life at the time. And it was multi-dimensional, yet it was very straightforward and simple too, right? And and all the things that are happening on the earth and in our lives, that they are for something, that we are always connected as souls with other human beings, regardless of how and who they're showing up as. And also what I, what was holding me back and what I needed to let go of and all the things like that all happened and why this was for me and how I co-created it. I mean, I fully, fully understand how I co-created getting hit by that truck. And I don't mean like, oh my God, you know, I'm like, it's a heavy responsibility to bear because it's not, it's, it's the understanding of co-creating circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in. Um, and I understand completely how that was for me rather than happening to me. And, you know, then, so I was, I was living in these two worlds of, I had just had this huge blessing of this experience and I was also back in my body with a fractured sacrum, a fractured pelvis. Um, the whole right side of my body was sprained and bruised and internal bleeding and, and not having access to language in a way that I was used to because of my, I had staples in my head and because of the head injury. I mean, so it was, there was a lot happening and, and it really, uh, this this sense of clear audience, clear hearing, and and clear sentience, clear knowing, and clairvoyance, clear seeing, um, which can show up differently for people. And everyone has access. Everyone can cultivate these skills. I was just propelled, and they were amplified like massively in this. So it it, it was coming back and integrating all of it and what had happened and that's been a journey you know and and how do we take all of this information and 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 live it and be able to incorporate it into these a physical expression of that right because it's all fine and well to go out here and we live on the earth we're in these bodies how do we live as an expression of all of that so there you have it. I don't know what questions might have come up.
Well, you don't know because you can't see the screen. You're just seeing me, but there's been this incredible light show on you this entire time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's still on you. This beam of lights coming down on your head. Every time you move your hand, it was just coming out from your fingers. It's just like, a, wow, <laughs> this lady's on fire. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it, right? Like, how do we all be in the world remembering in the remembering of our true nature as soul essence and 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 having the remembering of that eternal place of that part of ourselves that's always connected to this light that's always connected to source and how do we with our human biology and physiology and and all that goes along with that, how do we remain as pure conduits of that love, of that light, as we move through the human experience, having human experiences? You know, there's that, there's that saying of we are spiritual beings having human experiences, having a human experience. And I contend, or not contend, but I like to broaden that to say we are spiritual beings having spiritual experiences because we are all capable of having spiritual transformative experiences and it comes from that remembering of who we truly are. We are spiritual beings having human experiences and we are human beings having human experiences, right? Because we're wired for such. And so how do we bring that remembering through us and serve as conduits of that and return to that place of unconditional love that exists right and and the ego mind and the soul self mind self with a capital s right um and that's the journey of being human so yeah your story's a little different is that i have trouble picturing it you know because you experienced it as like this ex amazing experience it's not like i saw this i was told that and then i went here and then you know you were just like sounds like immersed with the light yes well i was you know at the beginning when i i was felt like i was in that co more cocoon kind of place it's it's like being again being individual and also merging with right like that part of our we are each an individual expression of this source of this light right and so we merge and we're also we also come back it's kind of like here's your hand right each finger is separate right coming out of the hand like let's say this is source each finger is separate yet they're all connected at some point, right? It's like the merging in. So it was like the um, the part of me merged in with this source energy and a part of me was also separate from that. I, I just, I don't know if it makes sense. It's the only way I know how to give words to it, you know, and yeah. So, so that's that. I don't know if, you know, what more can be shared about that aspect only to say that there are universal truths that we can all access, 
you know, when we, when we, especially when we turn our thinking mind, our rational mind, when we get that offline and we can access and quiet that place down so we can hear ourselves, right? We can hear our inner knowing. We can hear that inner voice that's connected, right? It's, and it's so interesting to me because all religions and spiritual traditions for eons, whether they call it a still small voice or um, that that spark of divinity within, whatever it is, this place in us is universal, has been universally acknowledged, and 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 to practice accessing it, it's getting that rational mind offline, offline, yeah, you know. Um, so we can be still enough to hear it. And, and the practice is to cultivate a connection with that place so it's easily accessible in a moment, right? In a moment of um, trauma triggers or in a moment of, of reaction, like it's the pause, right? Like coming back to the pause, it's that space in between the in-breath and the out-breath. It's that place that we can access through different means. It's that place, you know, maybe some people experience it when they're dancing, you know, just like in pure joy and bliss and connection with something greater than themselves that also lives within themselves. It could happen in meditation. Like there's no one way to access that place. I call you know? it harnessing the light. I yes. Feel like I can harness it when I get in that zone. and. Like yeah. it comes out your fingertips and, and you just. And it's amazing it. because, you know, when you're in that place, you can also, you see so much more clearly and your lens is so wide. And I don't mean just the, the seeing, the sense of seeing, right? The sense of knowing, the sense of appreciation, appreciating, wisdom. the sense of gratitude, the wisdom, the, in, the enlivening, the vibrancy, the connection to all that is, you know, um, I can yeah. think of it as creativity meeting gratitude. Mm-hmm. Creativity meeting gratitude. For me, what just sparked was like that the field of inspiration, you know, yes. like that that this field that we are all connected in with. Right. And the, the, you know, this all sounds fine, fine and well, and it's hard being human sometimes. It's not, it doesn't mean like we're always skipping through the daisies and the roses. It does mean that we have a choice in each moment to say, for example, you know, to feel like a victim that something is happening to us. And that's not to say that things don't happen to people. It's the choice of, of, of perspective and uh, and approaching life as how is this for me how is this for my highest growth and evolution what can i use this for right that takes us into the place of connection and growing and our soul's expansion and growth and growth because there are some pretty you know, intense things that happen in the world, you know? So, so I'm not here to say, yes, that's, you know, it's, it's, 
it's hard to say to someone, well, yeah, that was for your growth and, and evolution, even though on some level it is, it's it's more making the choice of how how can I use this for my growth and evolution? How can I understand how this is for me? You know? Um, yeah, and I say this having, having gone through a period of my life, you know, this accident was the culmination of um, 18 months of straight up being knocked down. My, I became an empty nester. My partner had an affair. My house had a fire. Um, before my house had a fire, there was a theft and everything got stolen. All of my jewelry, like um, that had been in the family for, for generations and whatever had been accumulated throughout my life. I mean, it's just jewelry. And there were certain, you know, those imprints of grandmothers, grandmothers, things, and, and again, things. Um, and, but still the violation, you know? Um, so there was a theft, there was a fire. Once that was taken care of, there was a flood, there was, an, there was a surgery. So all of this stuff happened at one time. And then you were hit by the truck? And just as I got on my feet, then I was really not, and then I got hit by the truck. So to be able to be in it, you know, and I remember while all that stuff was happening before I got hit by the truck, um, in the depth of that place of despair, that being cracked open to that sweet spot of, you know, there, there has to be something more about this, this. And for me, it was a tuning into gratitude. Like when I could not pull myself up off the floor, it was, I went to a pretty dark place and, you know, and I kept showing up. I was, a, I, I just, I kept showing up. Right. Until I just literally couldn't move. And that, that those moments where we cry out for guidance or we cry out in prayer and then the answers come. And for me, it was that those small little gratitudes, right? Oh, someone smiled at me today. Oh, this person called me today. Oh, I, I heard a bird. I'm thankful for my sense of hearing. Like all of those ways that we can shift our own energy and shift our vibration and shift our frequency. And, um, And I knew that if those experiences, if I could use it for something greater than myself to help others, it made it worth it. You know, when we get out of our own self and go towards service, that really takes us out of our own angst often, even when we feel like we can't get out of angst. So for me, it started with small gratitudes and then it went to, um, at some point knowing it was greater than for myself. And then I wasn't taking on action on a lot of things. And then I got hit by the truck. So that's a whole, you know, I see how that all, now it gave me the opportunity to show up in a different way. Um, so yeah, because I wasn't listening, you know, I call those dope slaps by the universe. When you, when you hear an intuition and you know something and you're not listening to it or taking action on it or or following it it's like the universe just keeps on giving you those messages again so you don't need to get hit by a truck to 
listen to that inner knowing, to listen to that inner voice. And before we could listen, we have to step into the remembering of accessing that we are so much greater than these bodies. And we have access to this knowing that can be expressed. I mean, what a gift it is to be in a human body and give it expression. So, yeah. So what was your recovery like and remembering this experience? So my recovery was long. My recovery, um, I was in a lot of I was in a lot of therapies, physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy. I mean, you name it, I've tried it. I've had brain spect imaging. I know a lot about concussion and TBI for anyone listening. I'm happy to share information about that. Um, it was a long road. Uh, and I remember, as far as the physical injuries, I remember a doctor saying to me, you're gonna be back to hundred percent but your hundred percent is going to look different and I'm like what does that even mean right yeah so here I was going through the physical stuff also being in this expanded state of consciousness it was really hard for a while to differentiate me from others like I was super open my crown was blown wide open and um getting fully embodied in a body again was a long process because that's a happy place, right? I just wanted to be out here in a happy place yet not disassociate from my body. So really working through the trauma that the body experienced and, and, um, so you've had trouble being fully back inside yeah although i was able to really i've been i've had practices especially in the last couple of years i want to say that have really allowed me to take all of this and facilitated me taking all of this and grounding it and i have to work at it and it's a practice and i have exercises and that i do on every level right physically mentally emotionally spiritually energetically all of the things that I do to keep myself grounded and embodied and expressive of that place. Um, so there was that. And then just as I got into like, oh, okay, I got what that doctor said. Like it took about five years really for my, I was, I was doing things again, you know, physically active and this and, but it took a while for it to all come back together in a, in a truly aligned way. Um, you know, I've run 10Ks and I've done different things in my body healing along the way, but to really feel like it all came together, that happened for me by last June. And then I was putting a paddleboard on my car and it pulled me back and I did the one thing I never wanted to do again last June 30th and I hit my head against the pavement and had another pretty serious concussion. So I am, um, hence I'm wearing these glasses because it, they have medical filters and stuff because it did something to my, to my vision, my, which is interesting too, right? The, my vision that I see from in this human body because the vision that I can see um, 
and pick up on and, and that knowing and those sense impressions other than the five senses are, are very expansive. And I've done some cultivating, right? Like how do you bring that in? So I've done trainings and certifications of how to hone that. Um, so I don't just walk out in the world like that, right? Like how do you bring that in and use that to help others? I mean, do you have and, to bring it in? Can you not live in that realm? And Well, I can live space? in that realm. I can live in that realm. However, it's, it's important to have boundaries because, and to know how to shut it down. Because if I walk into a store or I walk, you know, I, I, it's a lot to be an open vessel of imprints. Like that just gets to be too much. I want to be able to, to, for me to be of the highest service that I could be with this information and these amplified um, senses is to be able to, it's kind of like Reiki energy, right? Like Reiki is this pure energy and this love. And so how do you serve as a conduit from it so you could channel it, right? So you can show up and, and be a conduit for it rather than like a walking emanation of it, which you can be a walking emanation, but you want to have a direction sometimes. So that's why it was important for me to cultivate, to understand sort of what was happening and to be able to cultivate a way to use it for the highest good and benefit of someone else, right? Um, so there's that. And, and so it's interesting that my sight, like my physical sight and hitting my head again, that was like, okay, you're in your body. Okay, stay in your body, right? Like being grounded. So, so that was also another interesting thing, right? If someone's into astrology, I have five planets in Aquarius, whoops, all air right? I fractured my pelvis and my sacrum, my lower chakras, right? So I was like, whoop. So I've done a lot of embodiment and, and, and nervous system, understanding how we're wired and nervous system and somatics and all of that. And um, I work with someone who's a somatic experience practitioner and trainer to really feel what it feels like to be in our body, right? To, um, and it's, so that goes into a whole different different tangent so yeah that's that's what's happening so I'm currently um, collaborating with others to share this information and to provide experiences for people so they can access that place inside of them without having a near-death experience or without getting hit by a truck um, because it's it's like the world in COVID, right? It's like the world has experienced and gone through this collective near-death experience of sorts. And people are way more open now to spirituality, to these experiences, to other ways of looking at things. You know, I, I think that's that's been one of the benefits of COVID is it's really broadened these type of experiences to be heard uh, in a more mainstream capacity, if that makes sense. Are there so, yeah. times that you just get lost in the light, like you just get so immersed and? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I, I, it's like walking around like you're floating on air. And then what happens is it's, it's you know, 
it's very easy to live in the all is well anyway. So what I, all is well, like everything's as it is and it's all perfect as it is. And we have guides and we have um, teachers and we have angelic realms and around us and guiding us and, and, and the all is well. And if everything's for us and it's for our soul's greatest evolution. And if when we leave, and I say if, meaning having the experience of it, if when we leave, there's no remorse, there's no resentment. It's like you understand completely about forgiveness and in this world, there's no need to hold on and harbor resentments because we're always connected on a soul level with others in our lives, if in especially in difficult relationships, right? And so if, there, so if there's no need for any of that, right? And if all experiences are from my highest growth and evolution, then all is well, what happens is when you just live in that place, A, you don't harness the, the, the full potential and opportunity to be in a human body and use your discernment and take action and be an expression of that in a way that takes care of your physical needs. Does that make sense? Like to be in a body is such a gift and we have the opportunity while we're here to, to, to give voice, literal voice and expression to that divinity because divinity and, and um, source, God, whatever you wanna call this, this, this presence, give, we give that expression, right? Through being in a body. And when you live out here, in the all is well, it's like it can, it is la la land, it is beautiful. And as long as we're here for a short, short time, it's really a blip in time because it's time is, there's no time and there's no, the time is, in, is linear, is a very human construct. We're here, so let's make the most why we're here. We're here, we get to have joy, we get to experience smells, we get to experience this, the five senses, we get to walk on the earth, we get to have all of these experiences as a soul in a human body that a soul disembodied doesn't have these tangible experiences. So it's important to be embodied so we can have these tangible experiences which help our souls elevate in experiencing the love, the joy, the smells, the sights, the sounds, the, 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 the imprints, but through a human lens. That you were that told, yeah, you were told it's time to live big and all is yep. well. And who do you think that voice is? The voice that told me it's time to live big was that presence in connection with my eternal self soul knowing and whether it was my guardian angel or spirit guide it felt very um personal you know to come back and share this and also to know it for myself it's like that a presence that was showing me um it's a present that was showing me a path when I came back 
and where I wasn't playing big because there, we all play small, right? And why do we play small? We play small out of fear. We play small out of shame. We play small out of not feeling good enough or not feeling worthy or feeling I can't or a comparison and all of those things. And those are, those are constructs of the mind. Like when we can tap in and be from that place, we can live big. No one wants to get to the end of their life saying, I wish I would have done those things, right? Those are like the top five regrets of their dying, of the dying, right? I wish I would have lived more fully. I wish I would have gone for the things I really wanted to go for, right? Um, and, and that presence, it was, it was a guy, it was like a, like I said, I don't know that I would call it a guardian angel or a guide. Um, I do feel like it did have this, this, this spirit guide, um, cause it was really guiding me. So, you know, I don't, and I've connected with that presence before, I, I mean, before, after, um, and knowing that though, those, they're always here for us. They're always here for us, you know, and the praying is a talking to God. The praying is a talking to these, these God source energy, whatever you call nature, whatever it is for you that brings you to that place of reverence and awe and talking, you know, the praying is the talking and the, and the show me, the asking for guidance and the meditating is the listening, the getting still and turning off the conscious rational mind is the listening to the answers uh, did you have a religion before this or after this or i you know i grew up in religion i grew up jewish i was always very open i had explored um eastern religions i explored mystic christianity i i was i more took a spiritual path right and um by the traditions and the and the Jewish mysticism that was all around me growing up and I identify and, and with that so much and I don't confine myself with it because I, it's more of a spirituality and I had been exploring spiritual path for many many years when I was in my I after I graduated college I went out traveling I lived on an ashram for a little while I got super into meditation and yoga and more of these spiritual paths and um, so I had practices so I was I was on this unfoldment and I had been doing Reiki for uh, for since my early 20s without realizing that it was Reiki right so I had been tapped in and I had channeled before and not knowing like what was going on right and I had always been tuned in and um, and been on this spiritual path and in this knowing and lived in community and off the grid and all of this stuff and participated in ceremonies and rituals and lived with people off the grid um, these ancient um, um, peoples in Central America and this experience though and then I you know I also was in this balanced world I was raising two kids I was being a single mom I was working I was you know it's like the 
the, what we need to keep us human, which, you know, food, water, shelter, you have to earn some kind of living because that's like, because we live in the world, right? Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. Like, sure, if I lived out here all the time, I'm like, okay, well, I do have to pay my bills and I do have to live the world. It doesn't have to be what fuels me, yet it needs to be what it, it's part of what sustains me being able to be here on earth, right? So I, so this experience that I had, the near-death experience, prior to that, I had had a shared death experience with my grandmother. And I can share about that if, if there's time and you want to hear about that. Um, but what this experience did was it solidified the knowing of what we all know that we know and some distant remembering of knowing it. We might not have a name on it of it or put a finger on it, but there's some distant remembering that we are connected to something greater and that there is this light that, that lives within us, right? That's like the witness, the thinker who's doing the thinking, right? That's like the that place that we that we have access to and what my near death experience did was it solidified the knowing in every ounce and cell and molecule and particle and space of my body and my energy field like and that's what it did for me and all I can do is share this information um, because this information is intended to be shared right it's intended for for the highest good and healing and evolution on the planet. So, uh, so yes, I did have a very strong spiritual path and understanding, and this just completely, completely amplified it, you know? And, and it's, what's so interesting to me is there are so many um, ways of accessing a certain way of being and, and tuning in, right? There's Kundalini Yoga, there's Joe Dispenza who, who takes people on these journeys. I mean, there's just so many ways. And what's so fascinating to me is everyone, like it's using the same, um, the same uh, premises yet has different language to access it, right? It's really interesting to me. So, so yeah. Okay, you should talk about your grandmother. Oh yeah, so my I was with I was the eldest of eight grandchildren, um, and I my grandmother had been in and out of hospice for two years. Like every time we saw her, it was okay, this is the goodbye, and then it wasn't, and then it was like okay, whatever, it's going to happen when it happens. And this was in two thousand and six, and at some point I was there, she lived in Atlanta and I was there with her visiting and hospice had come in and I decided I was gonna leave and I decided to stay for a few extra days. So what happened was the night that she passed, the hospice nurse and I was there and we were gonna call my aunt and my uncle who also live um, relatively close to her and the first thing that happened that night was there was a knock at the door and the hospice nurse looked at me because she, we weren't expecting anyone and I knew that there wasn't going to be anyone at the door um, she was freaked out so I said I'll go get the door 
So I open the door, no one there, right? Like that knock was a knock, like loud and clear. And then what happened was that happened. We call my aunt, we call my uncle, they came over. It was late at night. When my grandmother was in the hospital bed in her room, I was holding her hand and I knew that as soon as I let go, like we were giving her permission, giving her permission. I knew that as soon as I let go, that was gonna be like, it was the last, she was gonna be on her way. So I shared my final goodbyes. I, I went into the bed and I closed my eyes and I was laying in her bed and the, my aunt was next to me and the hospice nurse was in the room in a chair and my aunt and uncle were in another, were in the guest bedroom. and. When I closed my eyes, I went to a place between sleepfulness and wakefulness. And this vision and this, it wasn't just a vision though. You know when you have like a dream or you hear something, like you could reach out and almost touch it. It feels very different than like a dream. It's, it's like so real that you can, it feels visceral. And when I closed my eyes, there, what I saw at some point, what I saw was there was like a ballroom almost. And it, yeah, I'm gonna call it a ballroom. And there were all these people dressed up in these gowns and they had no feet. And these people were familiar. They were old relatives and friends, but not in their, not, they didn't look old. They looked very youthful and vibrant and at some point they started to to make like split apart and there was this walkway up to this um, platform and the presence of my grandfather with an angel came up and I believe there were two angels there was another presence with him as well and they came up and I could felt them like they were coming up and all the people were there to help welcome my grandmother. And they went up to the platform and as they were walking up and as they were got, getting closer, there was this uh, anticipation building. And as they got up, they reached down and it was like the angels were there to help my grandfather or to, to welcome her. They were all there to welcome her. My grandfather reached down and I heard a voice say to me, it's time to get up now. And I shot up out of bed. I, it was like a split second. Everyone had fallen asleep. It was the moment everyone fell asleep. And I looked at my grandmother and she was, her eyes were wide open. She was taking her final breaths. And to be in that, I, you could feel that shift. So that's the first thing that happened. And then, I mean, there were, you know, and then we were there in the room. I mean, it's the, what I want to share with that is my dad passed six and a half weeks ago. And when he passed, he, there was a, he was at home and there was a point where he started looking up to the left, like to the corner, and then he would jolt back in his body and look at us. And I said, Daddy, you're, you know, you're, your body is in the bed. You're leaving, they're here to help. 
right? And so so that went on for a little while and then and it would start to settle. So we kept saying, Daddy, your body's in the bed, your body is okay. They're here to help you. They're here to help you transition. And at some point he started pointing to the left, like pointing up to the left. And so I would name all of the, I would say guardian angels and your angels. And I named all the, the relatives who had passed because I didn't know exactly what he was seeing, but I knew that they had got, they, when I say they, it's a general, they had gathered, right, to help him. And I, and from my own experience, I was able to really facilitate, it feels like. And then at some point he started reaching, like literally, you can't see my hand, but reach, like, like reaching, like going to, to take their hands. And a little while after that, we left the room. We went back in the room. He had started to transition. And my mom, you could see it. You could see it, like see it and feel it and know it. And my mom put her head on his chest and he took his last, his body took the last breath. And his presence around the room was so big and holding hands around his bed we held hands and I said daddy we know you can see us we know you can hear us we're gonna be okay you're okay they're here to help you your soul's gonna have this journey we'll be here for you when you want to come back if and when you have things you want to share with us or show us or guide us or communicate with us it's safe to to be there we're all safe like really talking to his presence and i say you're like and it's cold you talking about it. i don't know why i get cold and spiritual things. Yeah, and yeah and number one you know it was such a continuation of what i experienced with my grandmother with the hand out and, the, and my dad reaching it felt very connected right and also you know, when people pass to really, I think what helped, what helped me was the experience that I had of knowing what, of being out of your body in that state and that it's okay, I'm okay, right? So, so really acknowledging that for him and it was uniquely him, even though it was familiar to me and I could feel him, it was, it was uniquely his essence, you know, his imprint. So... I just, I wanted to share that because, you know, when people close to us pass, it's important to remember that their soul is going home, you know, their soul is going really home. I mean, we can come home to ourselves and that soul place inside of us. And their souls are really going home and to acknowledge that because when you are in the room and you look down and you see hysterics and this and that, you're like, wait, but I'm here. Can't everyone see me? Right? Like, so, so I feel like that information is important to share, however it lands for someone. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Yeah, we're going to miss them. We're going to be devastated. Oh, like yes. But to know where they're at is... Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like the app. It's like you miss the person, their physical, their absence, their, 
their physical being, their, your connection in that way. And our time here with them that we wanted to have. Of course, of course. And hopefully it's a little, like I think of it as like a soothing balm, the knowing that they're okay. It doesn't take away the sadness. It doesn't take away the the yearning for them. It doesn't take away any of that. It's being in the both end, right? It's being in the spiritual and the human, right? There's no either or here. We get to be in the both end of all of it, yeah. you know? And I think that hurt, you know, whether it's a breakup or, um, you know, a death, that hurt is the evidence of love. It's like, if we didn't have the hurt, where would be the evidence of love? Absolutely. You know, yeah, it's that contrast, right? Like contrast really shows us. Um, and we are, you know, fear is that, that sense of separation from love and it's like that's so when I had my near death experience, I had been involved with someone who was a classic narcissist. Like I don't use that word that term lightly. I know it's thrown a lot a lot around a lot, but classic and I was in crazy town. I was like looping in crazy town. And when I when I left and this person, this is a person who had, had an affair, and when I left and came back, I recognized, oh, I can acknowledge this. Like, I really saw that he was just doing what he was doing. Like he was being in his human the way he was being in his human. It wasn't personal. It was his growth and his journey to learn for his own evolution and whatever he needed to learn. Like, and I came back and I really had so much more compassion and empathy and knowing that I can acknowledge and honor the essence of who someone truly is and have boundaries and pay attention to who they're being, right? Because um, they think what's the hardest thing for people is you can acknowledge the essence of who someone is and then they're not showing up as that and in the plea and then there's hurt and then there's betrayal and there's all of this stuff. And it can be frustrating. So to be able to separate, like it's healthy to have boundaries and and important to have boundaries for your own well-being and again, to have compassion from afar. So that was a really big learning and knowing and understanding because it, it I used to feel like, oh no, you know, and I think this happens a lot for women is acknowledging the potential of someone and acknowledging the light in someone and acknowledging the goodness in someone, whether they're accessing that or not in themselves, when you're able to see it, it's like, no, but don't you see who you really are, right? And that's not up for us. That's like relinquishing control and moving into acceptance and surrender with boundaries. You know? Yeah. I just come to the conclusion or way my the way my head's come to wrap around what people call narcissists is that god must give his best shot his best angels his most unconditional loving hearts to those people as a last ditch effort like if this person can't save you you know bring they say you can't take a you take a horse to the water but you can't make it drink 
you yeah. know, if they can't get you there, then nothing will. It's like and God's effort for that narcissist, if that's what you know they call them. Um, because, you know, like my mother, I would say she's the only person I could really classify as what they actually, you know, term as a narcissist. Because I know people throw it around like everybody's a narcissist. Yeah, it's yeah. Actually, like it's usually men, and it's like such a small percentage. And and so you know these people really ain't narcissists. It's just everybody they don't like. They must be narcissists because they don't want to put up with your crap or something. But I think my mother is is probably a true narcissist. It's like because she don't care about anybody but herself, and she mm-hmm. never has. And like she says, she when she dies. She, she wants to haunt her kids and and she wants to murder her children to get back at them. She's not going to have her hell. She says she's going to murder her children and just cause them pain, you know, because she can't cause us enough pain to satisfy her. There's never, and she knows that's going to carry on after her death. She is well, going to want to cause us pain. <laughs> what's interesting, what's interesting about that is For a lot of souls, when they leave their bodies, there's this instant understanding of, it's like that's wiped away. There's like this understanding. And then there's oftentimes there's this yearning or there's this kind of signs for, for I'm just gonna say for your mom, for example, to come back, not to come back, but to bring you messages or send signs through angels or through guides or through you know once she goes off and does her soul school and learnings to come back in forgiveness right like how how and and to come back to to share the i'm sorry's or to show up there's that school of thought and then there's the other school of belief that and i don't want to say school of thought there's that understanding and knowing and then there's another um school that that the experience a soul has when it leaves is proportionate to intention before it leaves so she, so it sounds like so if she's caught in the in between right you have your angels and guides your siblings have their angels and guides to be able to protect that space and for your mom to envision her in the highest light and that's the biggest challenge when people show up in our lives as so hurtful and so harmful and so toxic it's like having compassion and wishing them well from afar and really being able to send them light and really being able because she must be in so much pain within herself and and it sounds like you know it's like narcissism is an illness it it is it's an illness and that's the way to the avenue through which recognizing that to having compassion and i mean what an opportunity for you in this lifetime i mean that's like your greatest school huh Right. right having her for a mom and to really trust and know that that for your own your soul chose this on some level for its own growth you know i don't know if you've read the book um your soul's plan no. that's a good one i can send it to you you know it it gives a a, a really good understanding of um how we do come in and and choose and 
for our for whatever it is our soul needs to learn and grow in this lifetime right in whatever ways that's not to say that again i mean people have free will and discernment and choice that's not to say that you know everything that happens that's where i go in the to you and for you that's not to say that everything that happens you, you know that toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing of oh well everything's for me instead of to me and this and that i'm not here to debate that or say whether things are for us or to us or this what i am saying is we have the choice in each given moment to say how is this for me how how can i use this for my growth and evolution what can i learn about myself so that i can be in more alignment in the world so that I can be a good person in the world so that I can live in accordance with my own truth in the world and find out what that is even, you know? Um, yeah, she had brain surgery years ago and they collapsed her lung and I'm actually the one that noticed it while she was in ICU and they rushed her back in to fix it. But after that, still in the ICU, she told me she had like, she says it was like a dream during her surgery, her initial brain surgery. And she said that um, she could see me and she seen me by the side of my face and she's, I looked beautiful. And there was this bright light shining on my face and she kept yelling for me and yelling for me and I couldn't hear her. And she just kept yelling my name. And so as she, she's 88 now and she's got Parkinson's. And so I, you know, just wonder, I've always wondered actually, you know, what's her, life going to be like after she dies you know what does she have in store because for some reason i always thought it was my responsibility to like bring her to jesus you know to yeah. and and she's not spoke to me for a couple of years because when she's in the hospital they didn't think she's gonna make it i brought someone with me and we prayed for her and we had prayer chains and she didn't speak to me after that she said, you know i hate that and so um so she just doesn't really want to, uh, she says, I'm not going to heaven. I'm not going to hell either. And I know she doesn't have control over that, but it's just that I just wonder if she will be trying to contact me like on the other side and I will not have, you know, even though she's there and it's awful to say, but I just feel like, how am I going to feel when she passes because of our relationship, the way it's been like, am I going to feel relieved? You know what, I, what I've learned is that to come to as much peace as you can while you're here, to come to practice forgiveness, to come to a place of compassion and to keep on going back in and to work through the, the trauma and the nervous system that registered all the trauma on, you know, on all the levels is so that it could be released so that you can move into true forgiveness so that you could feel at peace. Right. I mean, I was there Mother's Day up today. I'll later yeah. be there again. So my disabled sister's in the same nursing home and I go get her, put her in a chair. We go yeah. see mom, you know, and what happens happens. You know, she's having a, a grumpy day or a tolerable day, you know. Do you know um, the meta prayer? Uh -uh. The meta prayer is a prayer and you say it for yourself. You say it for someone who brings you joy and, and who you feel really good about. You say it for someone who you have a difficult time with and you say it for the world. And it's may all beings be um, happy. I mean, there's different forms. You can, you can go online actually if you Google meta prayer and you click on images, it'll show you because there are different ways the words can, can resonate for you 
because it's may all beings be happy may all beings know peace and may uh, may all beings be safe may all beings be at ease you know it's or may may all beings know the light of who they are there's different ways that you can say it. there's four statements and it can be re a really profound practice and put you in a in a state of offering that peace energetically yeah so i i, I felt called to share that yeah it's a really i just you know story. tell her like i would in my mother-in-law you know before she passed and the same kind of things is like you know she lost a baby at nine months old my mom's firstborn a you know, junior so did you want to see junior you know you'll see your parents you'll see you know, this aunt she was close to and don't you want to no, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going there. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's like it's like doing it in silent. Well, the first thing is is you know, there's always asking for permission. Like in my healing work, right, or in the healing work that that and the spiritual work I do, there's always asking permission for the essence and for the um, conscious, the soul of another, right? Like their their enlightened source. There's their their place of connection. Through, with their divinity, there's always asking permission. Either them, there's asking permission to work with their angels, with their guides. And there's something about asking permission because not everyone is ready to receive it, right? So in that case, you do it and you send it from your heart and you send it um, on your own towards her and for her. Um, and the work is really coming back into your own, like what can you control and what do you have to let go of? Because clearly she's not ready to hear it in this way. It might be different the moment she passes, who knows, but it sounds like there's resistance there, right? Yeah. Like there's a resistance energetically around her. I could feel it around. But part of that is my youngest brother, my half brother, he was born when I was 14, Mark. His license plate says atheist. Huh he's very atheist and he has forbid my mother to have anything um religious up in when she had her home which she went nursing home uh a cross a christmas tree i mean he doesn't want her to have anything he absolutely hates god like how you not believe in god but you hate god you know but um so she also doesn't want him to be mad at her like if she listened to me and become christian she would be um like he afraid she would lose his love or something so what is it for you it's like what is that and we can end this and and, and oh, the interview if you want to i don't care I, I like soap and book i've talked about my mom on podcast before okay yeah i have like 15 10 10 minutes okay. um 10 30 10 40 is like tied up in your nervous system and tied up in the trauma. Like, what is it? What does it mean for you? I don't want my mom to go to hell. And is that your responsibility? It has always felt that way. I'm going to ask the question. I'm, I'm going to, this is a process of inquiry with you. So it feels like it's your responsibility. Is it truly your responsibility? Well, it just feels that. <laughs> I feel like if I could just get her to soften, you know, I've always tried to get her to soften. 
um, since our parents divorced when I was 10 to stop being so mean and hateful. And then she just got worse as she's gotten older. Okay. I want to stop you right there for a minute. What, what does not getting her to soften, what is that? What? Right. So it's that wanting to be loved. It's that, it's that, it's that, no, it's that fear of love and not being loved to somewhere in your primal brain programming from the time you were a child. It's that yearning to be loved and, and to know you are worthy of being loved, right? Yeah. Know that you are truly a child of the most divine and that you are worthy of being loved and you are loved just as you are. So I want that happy deathbed time with her, you know, like you had with your dad where you can feel good and you know where they're going and it, and I don't want this the way it is and has been for a long time to be, you know, in the movies, you know what it's like when someone passes, you know, you could have a bad relationship and then you have this aha moment on their deathbed and we're not going to have that. So do you, do you truly have control over that? Do you have any control over, over making that happen? Well, I, I have two siblings that hasn't spoke to her in 40 years. Mm -hmm. And then I have my disabled sister that I am guardian of and then his limited understanding. And then I have my atheist brother and then I have another uh, um, brother. But um, so I feel like it's up to me and I know that's not rational, but I also feel like if I stop seeing her, like there's no hope. And I don't want regrets either. Like she passed tomorrow and I was mad at her and said, I'm not going to come. I'm not the type person. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to stop seeing my mother, even though I was like, she'll tell me, don't you come back here anymore. And then she'll call me or next time I'm there, I just, we go down see her anyway. And it's just one of those things. But um, but yeah, I got mommy issues. (laughs) Well, it's really, it's, it's more, leaning into I just don't want the guilt you know what I mean yeah, I don't want yeah, after she passes it so so is so it sounds as though you're doing everything in your capacity in your power to show up in a way that you can live with yourself knowing that you've tried all and can do all that you can do. The underlying thing and the letting go of control is the, A, have you stepped into really like, there are layers to forgiveness, right? It's forgiving yourself. It sounds like there's a lot of self, like somehow, and we, I mean, I could go into a whole session about this, but forgiving self and forgiving her. It sounds like inner child, like doing some really deep inner, inner child work it sounds like leaning into your faith of christianity knowing that you are truly loved that you know there's not this evil seed the danger in organized religion and right wrong heaven hell is it doesn't really work like that like you 
have, when you were born into the world, you were born as this innocent, beautiful, loved, loving child of the divine, of God. That has never left you. That is who you truly are, right? When you lean into that, the knowing of that, and and that has to come from within you. You know, that connection and that that recognition has to be such a deep sense of knowing within that and your mom showing up as who she is and and all children and all infants and all babies and all kids want the love of their parent, right? I mean, she's the type when you walk in the room, why are you so fat? Right. I mean, there's you know, I mean, a lot why are of, you wearing that? God, that's ugly. You know, it's just cut and cut and cut and cut. And so why do you keep going back? Right. It's like, why don't you have clear boundaries and compassion and love her? I don't want to be like my brother and sister that hasn't seen her in 40 years. That kind of person that would be so cold to their mother, they could just cut them off. And not. So what's them. the cost, though? What What's the cost? I what's know my husband gets on me all the time. What is the cost for you? Yeah. It's right. And, and I say I'm not going back. That trauma bonding, right? That trauma bonding. It's like, what is the cost for you? Um, it allows you to still, it's like being that little girl who's going to do anything for their parents' love and approval, right? Yeah. I'm going to send you I mean, something. I'm going to send you something when we hang up that, because um, there's a lot to unpack here, right? <laughs> <laughs> there is right there's a lot to unpack here so I mean, it'll I'm, be over when she passes you know what i mean like whatever it is that i've dealt with it'll be over when she passes she's 88 years old and um so i mean it is not much much longer for me to endure this is the way i kind of look at it although although on an energetic imprint and in your muscles and bones and tissues, trauma doesn't just go away, it lives, you know, it's like the issues are in the tissues kind of thing, right? So having a way to work through that um, is really important, you know. Um, yeah, but you know, you know what it's like, you know, you just had to argue with somebody and they pass. It's like, I don't want to live with that. You know, I don't want to have- Why that. does it have to be an argument, right? Why Why can't- Well, can't like if I, if, if, like if she calls me it's just like against my grain. Like I had all these tons of foster kids and stuff and they call, you want four more or I got five, but okay, what's four more? You know, I'm just that type person. Like I can't tell someone, no, I can't shut the door on them. Like if somebody can do all these horrible things and then um, take me back, you know, I'm like the take back person. And so, right. so what is the cost for you for not having boundaries? You know, what along the way, what did you make boundaries mean? I mean, there's so many ways to dive in here, right? Like, and I have to, I'm gonna have to um, go. But I, I thank you for sharing and for feeling safe sharing. I mean, like I said, there's so many directions to go with this. And through this process of inquiry and process, some of, what, some of the work that I do is um, this infinity healing work, which really unpacks all the stories and the labels and the primal brain how we function in the world. I think there needs to be a book called How Do I Stop Loving Someone That Hates Me? <laughs> well, is it is it stopping loving them or is it loving them? <laughs> having boundaries doesn't mean that you don't love them any less. It's like, like I shared when I had my near-death experience. I mean, 
I came back. I love this person who had this affair and betrayal in this because I love the essence of who that person is and because I know that we're connected on a soul level. All there is is love. And it's also safe for me emotionally, mentally, like all, in all of the ways and physically because I don't want to hold on to that trauma to, to have boundaries. Boundaries boundaries don't mean that unconditional love isn't present. It just means that you're keeping your physical safety, you know, your mental, emotional well-being. Yeah. I think because as a child, I grew up unloved. I grew up hated. And so that was my normal. And I think this is just my normal. Like, you know, this is nothing new. This is just our family dynamic. So Well, you could change your relationship to that. So... And I just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm going to grow tough skin. So that's the way it is. But I appreciate you coming on and talking. To oh, me. thank you so much, Peggy. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And you're, you're going to uh, freak out when you watch this later. It has been a, a light show the entire time all around you. That's why I kept the screen there because it's just a beautiful light show. Oh, I like to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And ask your ask your guys, ask your angels for guidance and for and 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 then listen. You know, listen, listen to that voice inside, you know, and it's, it's, it's having, um, grace when ourselves, when we fall, it's having grit to get back up there. And it's also having courage to listen to the knowing. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.